Caroline for attending today, and thanks to AHA for, for hosting this. Um, my name is Carrie Arnold, and I am the Chief Human Resources Officer for Sunshine Communities. I um, wanted to explain a little bit about Sunshine before I, before I get going here. So first of all, a little bit about Sunshine Communities. Um, we are a large nonprofit in Northwest Ohio. Um, we are just Southwest of Toledo, and we provide services to people with developmental disabilities. Um, we do that both residentially and vocationally. Um, we serve over 200 individuals. Um, we have about 47 different locations. Our main campus is in Maumee, Ohio, which uh, is about, again, a Southwest of Toledo. Um, and then we have several homes in the community where we're providing services residentially. And then we have many vocational sites, um, including a barn and a greenhouse and a coffee shop and an art studio and um, all kinds of fun things. Um, we have around 600 employees, um, mostly are direct support professionals or DSPs. Um, so the DSPs main, um, their job is to help our individuals um, get through their day. So it could, be, we have individuals who are pretty high functioning who maybe just need help a few hours a week with grocery shopping or check balancing, um, mm -hmm. like that. And we also have individuals who are completely dependent on our DSPs and count on them to get them dressed and help, you know, help them eat meals and, um, and pretty much do everything. So we have a, a wide range of services that we provide. Um, we are about 98% Medicaid funded, so we have zero control over revenue, um, and therefore our DSPs are earning a lower wage. Um, we started about 10, 20 an hour, and would love to pay our people more, um, but that's tough to do when you don't have any control over revenue. As a matter of fact, we have a pretty robust development department that um, raises about a million dollars a year to cover the gap between what we get paid for Medicaid and our expenses. Um, so that's where we are in terms of wages. Um, so a lot of our direct support professionals do come from the Toledo area. A lot are living in poverty and in unstable environments. So <clears throat> we um, started this process with the ERN about a year and a half ago, and we knew we had to get creative because our turnover was pretty high and um, it was um, affecting our services um, when you're not able to get people out in the community because your staffing is short um, it impacts our individuals on a, on a pretty large scale so that's why we started this endeavor and I'm simply going to share our story today um, and um, and then if you again if you have any questions at the end please let me know so today there's a few things that I wanted to do um, Again, you know, I'm going to talk about the ways to address workforce instability um, and why we did that and how we actually assessed our, our, our workforce. So I think it's important to understand that this um, program isn't a magic bullet. It may not work for everybody, but it did work for us. Um, I'll provide you with some ideas um, that may fit your organization. Again, not everything fits every organization to a T. And I'll also give you contact information at the end and some suggestions for next step if you have any interest in pursuing um, an ERN like we did. So the first thing um, that we did is really got to understand our workforce. Um, and we did that by 
taking all the data we had, basically from the beginning of when Sunshine started, and did some pretty in-depth analysis of our workforce, when they were turning over, um, what the impact of that was, found some pretty interesting things. We found that a lot of people were leaving at the 30 and 90 day mark. Um, we also found that a year, they tended to stay for many, many years. So we knew that we needed to, to think about what to do around 30 days and what to do around 90 days, and also to get them stay, to stay over that year. And then we looked at the bridges out of poverty concepts and what that means for people who are living in instability and how does that impact turnover as well. Um, the cost of turnover was really important. It's, you have to understand how much it's costing you in order to, in, to understand the impact. Um, Ruth Weirich has a great um, um, section in her book that talks about how to calculate turnover. There's also some resources out there on the SHRM website, the Society for Human Resource Management, that will help you calculate your cost of turnover. But we looked at everything, all the hard costs, like what does it, what does it cost to put an ad out there? Um, you know, what does it cost to do a drug screen? What does it cost to do a physical, things like that? We looked at the software costs, lost productivity because our managers are having to fill shifts and they're not managing. Um, we looked at cost of our hiring manager. We, so we really looked at everything. Um, and what we found is it is we were spending about $4,500 every time somebody turned over, which is a, obviously a significant amount of money. Um, so then we looked at the role of economic diversity and how what does that play in an employee's stability. And through the Bridges Out of Poverty concepts, we learned a lot of interesting things that we didn't necessarily think of in the past. Things like how can we better support our employees who are going through crisis? Um, <clears throat> things like um, how important relationships are to people who are living in an unstable world and what does that mean? Um, so for example, we have employees who call off because they have to babysit their sister's children. And in the past, that was a real um, that was a, a question in our mind, like, why would you possibly call off work because of your sister's children? And through these concepts, um, we're able to understand that it's because people who are living in instability are relationship-based, and they know that if they take care of their sister's children today, that their sister's going to do them a favor tomorrow. And that's just how, um, that's just how the world works. So, being able to understand that put things in perspective for us and how we are managing our workforce. Um, I'm also going to assume that a lot of you in the audience have um, are familiar with the Bridges concepts. Um, if you're not, I, I'm sure AHA could give you some um, resources for that and, and connect you with some um, ways to become familiar with the audience. Uh, or I'm sorry, with the concepts, um, but I'm not going to go through those concepts specifically today um, because I'm assuming that. So there's um, employers have what I call traditional and non-traditional approaches to benefits. Um, traditional, um, you know, things like medical and dental and gosh, you know, if we just provide, um, you know, training our employees will, will get it and they'll stay longer in those, in, um, those kind of concepts. Um, and what we found is those things just weren't working. 
Um, you know, we provided some training on, on things to, you know, improve your finances and eat healthier and all of that good stuff. And what we found is people just weren't responsive to it because we weren't getting at the right things. We weren't giving them the tools to be able to eat healthier, for example. We weren't giving them the tools to be able to figure out their finances. We were just telling them that it needed to get better. Um, so that wasn't working with our workforce. And a big part of that reason is because they were living in instability. Um, so the ERN um, that we chose to be a part of, and for those of you who aren't aware, um, it's Employee Resource Network. Um, we made a decision to engage in establishing that ERN. Now, um, I will say uh, that we were a part of a grant that was awarded by the state of Ohio called the HBC grant, the Healthier Buckeye Council grant, um, in order to establish our ERN. That was tremendously helpful in terms of um, financial resources. At the time, we would not have had the financial resources to jump into this endeavor, but because of that grant, we were able to, and we were very grateful for that. Um, but there are other resources out there available, so I just wanted to throw that out there. But we, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is in order for this to be successful, this can't be a fly-by-night type of um, approach. Um, there has, there, we originally started out our ERN with eight providers. Um, we are down to six this year. Two decided not to kind of re-up for, for this year. They didn't see um, the benefit that we did. And in my opinion, um, they weren't all in. Um, you have to be committed to this long-term. This is not something to um, engage in and see results within a few days. You're not going to see results maybe within a few months. Started really seeing significant results, I would say, within six months. And then within a year, it really became clear that this was the right avenue. Um, so, you, again, you have to be committed and you have to be committed from the top down in order to make this happen. So, what is an employee resource network? Um, they, ERNs were started um, in the Michigan area, and there are several up in Michigan. We were the first one in Northwest Ohio, and now you have popping up all over the place. And essentially what it is, is multiple employers um, coming together to create a joint venture. Um, because there's multiple employers, you're able to share costs and you're able to share resources and you're able to provide these benefits that likely you would not be able to provide on your own. Um, so the entire objective is to, is to retain and engage your workforce. Um, and that has happened for many of us. And I want to, just for a minute, wanted to um, talk about that, that the network part of an ERN is so important. A lot of people, when they hear about the specific things that we're doing, think to themselves, well, gosh, I could probably do this on my own and it would be cheaper and easier. But that network um, it has enabled us to do some things creatively that we would not have been able to do on our own. Um, for example, we have a transportation problem in Northwest Ohio. Um, our public transit does not come out to the areas that we need them to. They don't run 24-7. We have shifts. We run 24-7, 365. Um, and all of the providers were saying the same thing. People were having a hard time getting to work. They're having a hard time affording a good, reliable vehicle. 
and um, that was causing them challenges and also causing people to turn over. If I had gone to our local um, regional transportation system and said, look, I have about 300 employees who are interested in this, they may or may not have engaged with us. However, myself and a couple of other representatives from the ERN were able to go to them and say, look, we have 1,200 employees who are interested in expanding your area and expanding the times that you are providing transportation. They then met us at the table and we're currently talking to them about doing just that. So that's the power that you get in that network that you would not necessarily get on your own. And I think that's really important to understand. Um, the other thing that the ERN has led to is, is a real partnership um, with government agencies, other nonprofits, other private agencies, um, so that we are getting the best resource pool available that we can get. Um, so as a part of this, I've become a member of the Impact Coalition, which is in Northwest Ohio, um, that is a combination of business leaders, faith, county, city, um, attorneys, you name it, um, that are, are all working together to help um, people who are living in instability. That's an important piece as well, as um, I'm not only just working on this through Sunshine, but also working on this through my community. And I think that's, that's an important and also attest to the commitment that we've had along the way. So <clears throat> Sunshine and the other um, providers that are in our ERN got together and the HR folks are basically the board of directors. We meet monthly and we had come up with this logo and name called Earn Success. So that is the name of our ERN. And um, when you establish an ERN, that's kind of the fun part um, is, you, is you get to build this from the ground up. And there's all kinds of different examples out there of different logos and different titles and things like that. Um, and a matter of fact, I'll, I will talk about this um, a little bit later, but if you go to the ERN USA website, which is ERN-USA.com, um, you'll see a lot of examples of different ERNs and, and kind of what they look like. Um, <clears throat> so I, again, um, I think I've already mentioned that we were the first ERN in Ohio. Our ERN was created specifically um, to address the DSP workforce crisis. That's a bit unusual. A lot of ERNs are made up of organizations that are all different. So the ones in Michigan, for example, might be a hospital and a manufacturer and a retail and maybe a fast food. Um, that's how they typically are made up. Um, again, we are a bit unique and you have to have the ability if you're working with, with like organizations to be able to share those resources and basically, you know, not get competitive over it. Um, you know, it's, it's common for our employees to leave Sunshine and go someplace else. And we are also hiring people that have worked for another organization in the ERN. And we all just kind of get that and accept it. Um, and we're able to work with that. The other unique thing about our ERN is that um, we have support from the local county board of developmental disabilities. Um, they have given us some financial support. Um, they have done that because again, their 
their goal is to support providers, and their also goal is to address the DSP workforce crisis. So they've been very helpful to our ERN and provided a lot of resources. They also house our success coach. House, I mean, they actually, she works for the board of DD. Again, I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail in a second, but that's unique in our ERN um, that a, a lot of others don't have. And I've already talked about the shared resources, so I won't spend a lot of time on that. So the first thing um, that we launched when we got into this endeavor is getting all of the administrators, basically our managers and above, trained in Bridges Out of Poverty. It was really important that everyone understood the concepts so that we were all thinking a bit differently and kind of shifted the way we were thinking and shifted the way we are managing in order to help our employees and to help them um, stay successful on the job. Um, this again is has not been an overnight endeavor. We have around 80 members of our management staff um, that we have trained to date, and that's taken a little over a year to get everyone into a day one training. Um, we started with our top level leadership and have been kind of working our way down. And at this point, we have just about everybody trained that we intended to. Along the way, there was an opportunity for a couple of us through the grant to become certified trainers. So myself and one other person from Sunshine and another person from a different provider attended the um, certification training and became day one trainers. Um, that was important, not only because we needed to understand the concepts really well, but also now we're able to provide some training within the ERN to make it um, more reasonable uh, from a cost perspective going forward. So as a result of just this endeavor, just the, um, you know, having everyone train in bridges out of poverty, our managers have really reported that they've shifted their management style. Now, we still have the same issues that everybody else has. We have employees with attendance problems. We have employees that can't pass a drug test. We have employees that, um, you know, are insubordinate. You name it, we've got it. That has not gone away. What we, what our managers have done is instead of being punitive, strictly punitive with employees, is we still do address disciplinary issues. However, we address it with our um, success coach. We also address it with asking a few more pointed questions. Um, you know, our managers are not just disciplining employees, but they're saying, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, why, why are you late all the time? And, you know, and typically the answer is I'm having trouble with daycare or I'm having trouble with reliable transportation or something else is going on. Um, and they can have a real pointed uh, conversation with that employee and able then to provide them some resources so that they can get that problem fixed and stay on the job. Um, this has certainly not negated our ability to have to implement, you know, policies, um, but it but it has um, let employees know, and there's been a real shift for people to really feel supported. Um, so it's not, again, it's not just punitive, but it's you're, you're getting this discipline because we need to document this problem 
but we also care about you and we want to help you fix this problem. So here's a resource that could help. Um, that's been huge in, ter in terms of a culture shift for us. Um, I think we've always had a good culture, but it, it's gotten a lot better because of that shift. So let's talk about the um, success coach because this is really um, probably the most important decision you can make when establishing your ERN is getting the right person in that position. So our success coach, her entire job is to eliminate barriers to employment. So what the heck does that mean? So our, we may have an employee come to her and say, you know, I work second shift. I cannot find daycare that extends into the hours I need. Um, I have to leave early on the time to able to provide um, care for my, my children. Can you help? Um, and, you know, the answer is absolutely. She'll connect them with some um, daycares that she knows that have extended hours. Um, she has helped employees who have been homeless um, that, you know, we're not aware of, but because we have this resource and because our employees know it's confidential, they'll come to her and they'll tell them their story and she has helped people find homes. She has um, recently worked with an employee who didn't have a working refrigerator in her home. Um, so you can imagine the pain that that would cause day to day by not being able to go to the grocery store and put your groceries away and come home um, and be able to cook a meal. Um, so she was able to connect her with an organization that is giving her a refrigerator for free. Um, so now that employee, again, can come to work and not have to worry about how she's gonna make a meal that night because she didn't have a refrigerator. Those are just a couple of examples, but it's kind of anything goes at this point. Um, and it's, again, it's probably the most critical decision we made is who to put in that role. Um, myself and a couple other members of the ERN were on the interview process when we were interviewing the success coach. Um, that was unusual because, again, this person is employed by the local board of developmental disabilities. That's the first time they brought anyone else in in order to hire somebody but we were able to do that successfully. Um, matter of fact, the first round of applicants that they had in, um, we all looked at each other and said, nope, this isn't the right person. Um, so go back and do it again. And they did. And we found um, our success coach, her name is Faith, which is a great name for a success coach, by the way. Um, and Faith came from, she had, um, experience in our industry, so she experienced with people with developmental disabilities, which we thought was important, so she understood the DSP role. Um, she also worked in an um, environment at a uh, utility company where she was the person that people would call when they were having a hard time, they couldn't pay their bill, and they had were facing utility shutoff. So Faith was the person who would help them figure out a way to get their bill paid and get their utilities um, turned back on. She also came from, she grew up in poverty. Um, so having that experience um, just helps her identify and be able to empathize and everything with the employees who are having that same, um, you know, growing up in that same manner. So she was absolutely the perfect person. And again, critical that you do that. So um, our ERN members by shares of her time is how it, it, it works. 
So there are, um, I believe, 10 different shares of time, and or I'm sorry, there may be 12, and they're a half hour apiece. Um, so it's, it's um, I'm sorry, half a day apiece. And so we have some members that are very small, they have 50 or less employees, and they have faith for a half a day every other week, for example. We are the largest employer, so we have faith two days a week, every single week. So each um, employer comes together and decides how many shares that they would like of the success coach, and then they're divided amongst the employers. There's some time built in there for her to, for office type work, um, because uh, one of the things she does is she provides a lot of data back to the, the um, ERN members every month, so we know what she's spending her time on. And it's also um, important that all the ERN members are understanding and flexible um, when it comes to her time, because if there's, quite frankly, if she's supposed to be at Sunshine on a Monday afternoon, but there's a crisis at another provider, I absolutely do expect her to go attend to that crisis if there's somebody else um, that needs her more and vice versa. We've all just sort of agreed that that's the way it should be. We use FAITH quite a bit as a management tool. So we do do mandatory referrals um, to employees that can either come from HR, it can come from the manager. Um, and typically what we say is we'd like you to visit the success coach, for example, maybe three times out of the next month. Faith will simply report back that the, that that employee has um, visited her at least three times. She doesn't tell us what the visits were about because everything is completely confidential. Um, so we don't even want to know what the visit's about. We just want to know that they went, they visited, they invested the time, and then they got some help. An employee can also um, volunteer and say, hey, um, you know, I need some help. We would never know it. They call Faith directly. directly. They can call her. They can text her. They can email her and set up an appointment. Most of the time, um, she's here at our base facility, our campus, which is in Maumee, but if the employee isn't comfortable meeting her here, she'll meet him at a library or a McDonald's or a coffee shop or wherever. So she's very flexible with her time. Um, she also does a fantastic job of helping the person understand that their issue isn't just an employment issue. So for example, we have employees who, uh, I, one lady um, in a, specifically came in um, on a second shift position and immediately wanted to bid into a first shift position um, because she didn't have childcare on second shift. And we don't allow our employees to bid for six months because we want them to get comfortable in that role before bidding out of it. Um, so she kind of came in with an attitude in HR and said, you know, I'm, you know, threatened us. I'm going to quit if you can't change my, if you can't change my um, shift. And um, um, like I said, just came in with kind of a chip on her shoulder, feeling like this was Sunshine's problem, not her problem. So we referred her to Faith. It was a mandatory referral for HR and said, you know, she has some resources that can help you find appropriate daycare. Um, so the only answer is not us changing shifts, but you can also find daycare. Faith was not only able to help her find daycare in second shift, she was also able to help her understand how her approach wasn't the best, um, and also that it was her problem. Um, so when she came back into HR a couple weeks later and said, you know what, I got my problem solved, I found a daycare, and thank you, because I didn't understand 
um, how my approach was affecting your response. So that was really critical in that case in particular. Um, she also does a great, great job of people are mandatory referred to her to get them to understand that you're not here as a punishment. You're here because your employer cares. Um, they, they want you to be successful. So she, um, I can't speak enough about this role and, and how she helps employees. All right, let's move on to the, the next um, aspect of the ERN, which is getting ahead in the workplace. And, and many of you, if you're familiar with, um, with Bridges concepts, have heard of getting ahead in the workplace. It's basically getting ahead um, and a just getting by world. Um, however, it's specifically written for those who are employed and those who are in the workplace. And um, it's an 11 week course. It's two and a half hours twice a week. So it's five hours a week that people have to commit to. Um, however, we are, we, are, we are so committed to this class and the impact that it's had on our employees. Um, it's important that they get paid while they're there. So we do pay them. Um, we also feed them. So sounds silly, but food tends to um, bond people and help in forming relationships and, and all of that good stuff. So that's been important as well. We had in our ERN four classes last year. Sunshine specifically graduated 23 employees. There were 35 employees who graduated throughout the ERN. This year, because our grant expired at the end of the year, our grant paid for those classes last year, um, we don't have the funds necessarily to continue these classes. However, our Sunshine Foundation granted us some money to start a fourth class. Um, that is currently going on now, which will graduate in June, and we have, that's a full class. The maximum amount is 12 employees. These classes have been so impactful to people in ways that I could not even imagine. Um, and what we kind of found out is that people were, um, you know, they're great caregivers. That's what we hired them to do, and they were fantastic at it, but they really stunk at taking care of themselves. So it was amazing to me the amount of people that stood up at graduation and said that, and that, and that again, has been really impactful to all of us. Um, I have a video. Hopefully, I can get this to work, and um, you can... You can hear it from them instead of from me. Getting ahead, it's it's about it's not a program, but it's it's about a series of activities that we take you through like a journey. So it allows them this time in order to explore what do they want to do next? What are some of the things that's getting in the way of their mobility? But actually how to help them to create the kind of life that they want to have. And that's personal as well as professional. Somebody mentioned to me that we have a uh, uh, getting ahead in the workplace class. I said, oh, wow, great. About, uh, you know, everyday life stuff, job stuff. I thought getting ahead was going to be different ideas or resources. Uh, I thought maybe this would help me with my time management. I saw an email and it got me interested because I thought it was going to be about budgeting. And instead, I found out that getting ahead is uh, going to help me out at work because I'm learning about people. One of the things that I'm learning that has been helpful for me is to really listen to what my staff has to say. Getting ahead is good for 
skills from any background, no matter what your experience is, no matter where you're working at, um, you can really see when one thing happens, how it's a domino effect for others. And I think just the understanding and seeing how something relates to others is huge. Being ahead in the workplace, you would think it's all we're talking about work, but it's not. If we get ahead in our daily life, in all aspects, family, financing, budgets, relationships that help us in the workplace. I would, I would really, really invite anybody, I would challenge them to take this class because if they think they're not going to get anything out of it, they definitely will. You'd be amazed on where you can go once you're done. Okay, so pretty cool stuff. Um, it's like I said, it's been amazing. Um, and we created that video to promote, I'm sorry, to promote the class to other employees. That was after the very first getting a head class that we launched. And it was um, after that, it's basically all been word of mouth. I haven't had to promote it. I haven't had to go out and seek volunteers. We have a waiting list now for people who want to get into our getting ahead classes. So it's been very, very successful. Um, we've also had several employees who have gotten promotions. Um, I actually hired one of the young ladies who, who went through our third getting ahead class in my HR department, and that's been just wildly successful, and she's very happy. And, and she said that she would have never even bid on the position had it not been through that class. So numerous, numerous success stories um, and, um, and things like, you know, people losing weight, taking charge of their health, reducing their debt, you know, um, helping their credit, all kinds of things. So can't say enough good things um, about this class. Um, Employee-sponsored small dollar loans has also been really successful and, and very, very popular with our employees. Um, an ESSDL is essentially an alternative to a payday lender. And if anyone's familiar with payday lenders, they are... Um, you know, people can end up going to one of these lenders and end up paying four to five hundred percent back on a small loan because they, um, if you can't pay the loan back, then they charge you more and more fees and more and more interest until all of a sudden you're in a hole that you can't get out of. Um, so they're not a great product. But a lot of our employees ended up going to them as a last resort. So this is again an alternative to a payday lender, and we partnered with Sun Federal Credit Union, and we began this program mid-January, and full-time employees can take a $1,000 loan. Part-time employees can take a $500 loan. They have to be here for six months, and they have to be in good standing, and that's the only criteria. So there's no credit check in order to get an ESSDL. Um, they pay it back through payroll deduction. That's really important because it's tough to be late on a payment if it's paid back through payroll deduction. And therefore, it's also credit building. So an, a um, payday lender only reports negative credit. So if you go to a payday lender and you don't pay your loan back, they're reporting that to the credit bureau, which is impacting your credit even further. They, however, if you go to a payday lender and pay the loan back on time, they don't report that. So it's not helping your credit at all. This, um, this loan is reported to the credit bureau. Again, hard to be tough when it's tough to be late when it's payroll deducted. So it's been a huge um, boost to credit for many of our employees. Um, to date, we have given out 296 loans. This was as of last week. 
And I can tell you, we've given away 13 this week. So it, it continues to be very, very popular. Um, $267,000 Sun has, has lent to our employees and has lent this money, not Sunshine. That's a clear distinction. Um, we don't actually have to give out any money. We're just simply partnering with them. Um, and then how it works is, is they, they pay the loan back for pay, payroll deduction. And then they have to actually come in and stop that deduction to cut, stop coming out of their check. So what happens is if they don't do that, that, that deduction goes into a savings account for them. Um, and then their savings starts to build. So to date, our employees have built over $60,000 worth of savings, which is huge, especially for people living in instability. And I can name time after a time of employees who come in and um, they perhaps want to take out a second loan um, for one reason or another. And they get a hold of Sun and Sun says, hey, did you know you have $1,200 sitting in an account? Would you like to use that instead? And people are floored that they actually have money in a savings account they've never been able to save in their life. So that's been hugely impactful. Um, the other, I think, important statistic is, is turnover within that group. So 296 loans, probably, and I don't have an exact number, probably about 175 employees, because we have had employees take um, more than one loan, have turned over, uh, eight have turned over out of that group. Two have been voluntary. So we voluntarily only lost two people out of about 175 to 200 who've engaged in this program. So I think that that's pretty telling as well. Um, so that, again, very, very popular and very, very successful within our ERN. So outcomes. Um, everyone wants to know kind of what happened to the organization. And obviously, numbers are really important um, as well. So what Sunshine does is we don't actually um, measure turnover in a traditional sense. And the reason we don't is because turnover doesn't measure the health of your organization. So, for example, if I work for the organization for a week and um, the person next to me works for the organization for 40 years and retires and I work for a week and I quit, that is measured exactly the same in terms of turnover. So we look exactly the same. But when you measure survival and it's how long people are staying at your organization, you really get a better sense of the health of it. So you get a better sense of how long people are staying, not just when they're leaving. So you can see on that graph, the top blue line there is our 30-day turnover. And the bottom red line is our 90-day turnover. And we started in 2014 measuring this statistic. Um, we were, and if we just look at 30 today, we are at 82%. So 82% of the people who started with us on day one were still here on day 30 is, is how that works. And then you can see we dropped a bit in 2015, dropped a little bit more in 16. And then mid-16 is when we launched ERN, and you can see the spike in um, survival that went from 82, dropped, dropped, and then went up to 87% in 2017. And we're still tracking um, to that number. Um, I think at the last time I looked, it was about 88%. So we've been pretty consistent. And then if you look at 90-day, again, that's if you're employed on day one, who made it to day 90? And we started that number out at 62%, and throughout the years, it went up to 72% after implementing ERN. So I can't specifically say that the ERN is the cause of the increase in survival, but I can say that it had to be a factor. It just doesn't make sense any other way um, because of the timing. So 
pretty cool stuff. So what that means um, in layman's terms is we had to hire 50 less people in 2017 than we did in 2016. And I talked about turnover at the beginning of the presentation. Um, and I, I told you that our turnover was about $4,500 a person. That equates to about $225,000 in reduced cost that we didn't realize because we didn't have to hire so many people. That cost then, um, because we were able to save it, we were able to budget an increase for every single employee in 2018. So we're able to, to pour that money right back into our employees, which is a pretty cool story. Um, and if you, if you want to know specifically about turnover, um, it has helped produce a 10% reduction in absolute turnover. So our turnover actually went up um, when we implemented the ERN, and that was a bit perplexing until I realized that what was happening is we were able to um, help exit some employees who weren't the best employees um, because we didn't have to keep them around just because they were filling a slot, so to speak. So we were able to move them on, um, therefore turnover increased, um, but then replace them with a better quality employee. So it made sense after that. And the other, uh, the other thing um, is, you know, the services that we provide are really intimate services. And just imagine if you had a disability and you had somebody come into your house um, to help you get dressed and take a shower and do really intimate things. Just imagine the difference between having a stable workforce and having somebody you have a relationship come in every day as opposed to a new a new face every day. So the um, the increase in quality of care has been immeasurable, but huge. So I think I got through that as fast as I could, and I want to open it up to questions. Um, okay. Um, is Faith given a heads up on why the employee is referred? Um, yes, typically. So if it's a mandatory referral, we do uh, let her know that this is what's going on with that employee. Um, but then we don't get the feedback back because the, because the information is confidential. She only reports that the person has met with Faith. Um, we, don't, we don't actually get a follow-up as to what happened as a result. Uh, what is the cost of shares? It differs in every ERN. Um, so our shares were um, $4,000 a piece. That is, I will tell you that cost is low, and a, a lot of the reason is because the board of DD, again, was um, helping supplement a lot of that cost. So it varies greatly depending on what the setup of the ERN is. Um, and is she the employee of one of the companies? No, she is employed by the Lucas County Board of Developmental Disabilities. Our June Michigan ERN employee newsletter, available to all employees of Michigan ERN's customized success coach schedule highlights getting ahead with a quote from Health Ring Success Coach from Marion Matters. That's awesome. There's a Marion Matters, I know, is doing a lot of work in that area with ERN, which is all fantastic work. And what would be the best option when considering a loan program for employees to avoid debt? Um, again, we um, partnered with a credit union, and I think you know part of the, the best option for that was the fact that the, the payments were payroll deducted, so that um, you know we only allow one loan at a time, not several loans. So they won't, um, you know, logistically they won't get into heavy debt because of the way that that's set up. 
ERN hardship and savings loan are for emergencies. Um, yeah, we don't ask the reason why people get an ESSDL. Typically, yes, that is correct. Um, however, uh, we don't ask the reason. We They simply just come in and fill out some basic information and the money shows up in their account about 24 to 48 hours later. So um, some programs are set up like that for us. Um, you know, again, we don't ask, we just know that they need the money. So we, we help um, provide that. Okay. Um, I don't see any other questions. So thank you very much for everyone. I hope this was informative and you got something out of it. And again, feel free to contact me if you have any other questions. Thank you so much.